0: Hello, folks, and welcome to e-commerce QA. This is the podcast where store owners, directors of e-commerce, and e-commerce managers can stay up to date on the latest tools and technologies in e-commerce. I'll be joined on the show by my colleague and partner in crime, Dylan Holst. Our goal is to handle one or two questions per episode. You can check us out on the web at eCommerceQA.tv. There, you'll be able to get in touch, ask us questions, and just generally participate.
1: Hello, everyone. What is up? I am so excited to be with you all here today, and I am just loving today's topics. We will be discussing: is being sedentary truly bad for your health? And if so, what can you do about it? We'll be talking about are stand-up desks worth the hype or do they cause issues of their own? And lastly, is walking a legit form of exercise? We will be covering all these topics with Zach Marshall, a dear friend the best man in our wedding, and an exercise physiologist. So, Zach, we are just thrilled to have you on the call. Thank you for being with us today.
0: Yeah, it's great to be on the show. Thank you.
1: So I would love just to start uh, with your story and and then your education with how basically you got to where you are now. I just think that would be really uh, cool for our clients to hear.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. So my uh, story involves... Being an athlete when I was young, when I was a uh, kid, my family was particularly interested and involved with tennis, and I ended up developing um, a pretty good tennis career. I became nationally ranked in America, and my, my dream was to become a professional tennis player. And at the height of my career, I was actually only 15 years old, beginning to play some professional tennis tournaments. I developed a debilitating back condition. And that was the beginning of the end of my tennis career. I ended up retiring um, about a year and a half later. And what happened was my life was uh, kind of uh, moved into about a decade of pretty significant pain, joint pain and health challenges. So my own personal story led me into the profession that I'm now in, which is helping people with their health and wellness on a daily basis.
1: Wonderful. Wow. And can you just share with us some of the education that's helped you support your clients?
0: So I've got a course. master's degree in exercise science or kinesiology with an emphasis in biomechanics, which is the study of human movement. I also am a certified personal trainer and a certified health coach, certified fitness nutritionist, and also certified awesome. therapist.
1: Well, wow, so jumping right in to our questions here, um, we've all been hearing on the news, right, how sitting is damaging, how it can lead to an early death. So can you can you fill us in on some of the research and science behind that? Is it really true that sitting's so bad for us?
0: It appears to be. Uh, the mm-hmm. research that we have... Um, on the topic, and let me give you a little bit of historical background because I think this is helpful yeah. for the typical American. Um, up until about the 1950s, Americans didn't really think about exercise like we think of it today. People mm-hmm. had fairly physical um, lifestyles, physically active lifestyles, up until about that period of time, and the whole fitness industry—you um, know, people going to gyms, going, you know, becoming runners, and that sort of thing—that was not really the norm. I sometimes you know, share about my grandfather who's still living. He's 96 years old. He grew up on a farm, and he's never worn exercise clothes in his life. He's never wow. walked on a treadmill, gone to a gym, but he's incredibly fit because awesome. he has been on a farm, worked on a farm for his entire life. So wow. we have a different society now. And what happened was in the 1950s, people were dying of heart disease and heart attacks mm-hmm. at a very high rate it was an epidemic in america and so mm-hmm. there were there was a search for solutions and one of the solutions that was theorized was that exercise would help with us and a lot mm-hmm. of research came out of that time period in the 1950s and 60s and the research was focused on aerobic exercise they were actually mm-hmm. studying athletes by and large you know people in on sports teams and people even in the military and the recommendations that came out of that were all focused around Aerobic exercise, you need to get your heart rate really high. You need to do this for at least 20 to 30 minutes, several times a week.
1: Yeah. And so
0: that's what the typical American thinks of when they think of being fit. You know, I got to go on a run. I got to swim, bike, you know, right. this formalized exercise. Well, what's been uh-huh. lost and forgotten over that period of time is the fact that, for one, our society has become increasingly sedentary and nobody's, you know, unaware of that. We're on computers and in cars and in front of TVs all the time, mm-hmm. and because of that change in society, what has happened is our daily life has become full of being seated, being sedentary, and so yes. even though some people go to a gym a few times a week or do their you know exercise regimen, the rest of their day is involves an incredible amount of sitting, and yeah. so the 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 thing that happened over the last decade or so is people started to wonder is that an issue is it an issue mm-hmm. to work out in the morning and then sit the rest of the day is does that have negative ramifications for health and the research that has come out of it seems to indicate that that is an issue it does have negative health ramifications for example a lot of the research looks at associations between the amount of time that a person spends seated and how Mm -hmm. they do with things like their cardiovascular health, uh, diabetes, how long do they live, et cetera, et cetera, cetera, things like that. And what they Mm -hmm. typically find is that people who sit for a significant part of their day, they Mm -hmm. consistently have lower um, health than people who were seated for less. And particularly the focus has been around cardiovascular health and um, type 2 diabetes, and then also (laughs) just- Overall mortality. At what age do people die?
1: Wow. So can you go ahead and just share some of the practical tips for what do you do if your job is sedentary? How do you start to incorporate more healthful choices in throughout your day?
0: Yeah. Well, the well, everything I've shared up to this point sounds like depressing news. <laughs> but I actually think it's good news. Uh, in a way. And let me explain why I think it's good news. A lot of people walking around in, in America, people in our society, have a lot of guilt around the topic of exercise. Yes, so true. Especially people who have sedentary jobs. They feel like, I'm just lazy, I'm not doing enough, I'm uh-huh. out of shape, etc., etc. And not to say there's not some truth to that, but I like to kind of come at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Let me explain what I mean. The guilt that people have around exercise is largely based on a paradigm that is prevalent in our culture that mm-hmm. is limited and it's being actually um, repaired, you might say, or reconstructed as we speak. Huh. And the paradigm is you need to work out to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You need to go to the gym. You need to Sweat, you need to really be you know, breathing hard with your exercise in order to be healthy. Most people, that's what they think about when they consider exercise. Uh-huh. And so if they're not doing that, which we know from statistics that at least 50% of Americans are not doing that. They're not working out on a regular basis. So the paradigm is being reconstructed, and here's how it's being reconstructed. There's a quote that I'll share from a mentor of mine that sums it up. And what he he told me many years ago, which has a lot of wisdom to it, is movement is essential. Exercise is optional.
1: I love it. It sounds
0: pretty heretical at first glance. but Let me explain what I mean. Because when you hear exercise is optional, it sounds like, you know, who is this wacko telling me I I should not exercise? Um, (laughs) What is meant by that saying is formalized physical activity that's what exercise means. It's formalized. I'm going to go to the gym to improve my health, to get more, to get stronger, to improve my heart health, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what a lot of us forget is that people did not do that by and large throughout history. My grandfather, who's 96, did not exercise. He has Hmm. theoretically never exercised in his life in that formalized sense of maybe a few times, but he does, he's never gone on a run or gone you know for a swim to be healthier. He has had physical activity incorporated into his lifestyle, and that has led yeah. to him being healthy. He has moved, and that is what mm-hmm. people have done all throughout history, and they're doing all across the world to stay healthy. But we have lost that with our hyper focus on this unique form of physical activity called exercise.
1: Wow. Yeah. and so
0: people are walking around saying, "I'm just not you know doing my body any good because I'm not going for a swim four days a week." Yeah. Well, for people who are swimming four days a week, I'm not trying to stop them from doing that, but I'm more speaking to the people who, because they can't, you know, do that more intensive form of uh, physical activity, they're not even meeting in the middle anywhere with all the wow. other forms of movement they could be doing. Yeah. So the new paradigm is all about movement. It's about physical activity and it's about being physically active in whatever ways you are able to, in whatever ways you enjoy. Mm -hmm. So your question about practical tips, um, what I would share with the average person that has a desk job is just move. Move in whatever ways you're able to, whatever ways you enjoy, whatever ways are practical in your lifestyle. The simple tips that someone can implement. Number one, take regular breaks from being in the seated position throughout your day. And do some form of movement that Mm -hmm. could involve simply, let's say you work from home that can involve getting up from your computer and cleaning a few dishes that were left over from breakfast that can involve getting up from your computer and going and getting the mail or Uh cleaning up the living room or, you know, doing a load of laundry for a few minutes. Uh, Simple things that are underneath our fingertips. Uh That we already probably are needing to do. And Mm -hmm. many people hire out others to do some of these things like, you know, clean their house and
1: cook their food
0: and so forth. But those are natural forms of physical activity that have been around Uh since the beginning of existence. And our society tends to diminish uh, their value because we think it's only a value if I'm sweating and I'm really Uh working hard. And so, yeah. what we do is we forget the ninety nine percent of physical activity that people have done throughout history. It's kind of bizarre when you think about it, um, but that's how our thinking has gotten over the years, and uh, just through various means uh, in in our society. So, I would just say, move in whatever ways you can. Don't think it has to be really complex. Mm-hmm.
1: That that's that's helpful. Um, another question for you here is. What do you think of like the uh stand-up desks or the you know walking desks or the cycling desks? Can you just give me some feedback on some of those?
0: Yeah, so these are called moving workstations and they're it's a very um, significant industry right now. It's growing quite a bit from the research I've done on it. And it revolves around this idea that people are realizing we're sitting too much and they're feeling the effects. They're feeling the shoulder tightness, the back pain, et cetera. And now the research is coming out to validate that, you know, yes, there are issues with this. So now there's a whole industry around this, which involves helping people move while they're working. There are a lot of different options. You have stand-up desks. You have cycling desks which involve moving your legs and like this little cycle there are um treadmill workstations where you're walking on a treadmill while you're talking on the phone or working at your desk there are um you could sit on a an exercise ball okay a lot of different things out there nowadays my opinion on the topic is i think that in general this is a great trend but Mm -hmm. it needs to there's some things to keep in mind with this it's not simple it's not as simple as okay i've got a stand up desk i'm going to stand all day now
1: okay yeah that would
0: be very limited because okay. you're going to de- you're probably going to develop just as many musculoskeletal issues from standing all day as you did from sitting all day it's kind of like with nutrition it's not yeah. like let's say all you ever ate was broccoli yeah Broccoli would now become an issue in your diet because it's all you're eating and you're getting too much of the nutrients in broccoli and too much fiber. You know, not enough of the other nutrients. Yes. So it's not like you say, okay, I'm just gonna eat chicken all day now. Yeah. That would be like, I'm gonna stand all day now. Okay, well now you got too much of the other types of nutrients. So you what you want is a wide variety of movement nutrients.
1: Wide variety. I can use that mm.
0: term. So what that means is changing postures on a regular basis. So huh. if you get a stand-up desk, what I would recommend is have a number of different postures that you can situate yourself in throughout the day, sitting for some of the day, standing for some of the day, and maybe some other postures like maybe you have, you know, you can lay down and work on your laptop or maybe you can just like I mentioned before, take breaks on a regular basis. So you're walking and and you're bending down and picking things up off the ground. All of these are different nutrients in the movement world that are oh. very important for maintaining musculoskeletal health and other forms of health. It's super simple. It's not rocket science, mm-hmm. and that's the good news of it. Mm-hmm. We've been feeling guilty because yes. we can't do this really complex exercise program. And the reality is that's like becoming an athlete. I always say, you know, if you're going to stick to um, working out at the gym three, four, five times a week, that's like taking a new hobby into your life. And with yes. the level of busyness that the average person true. has in America, no wonder we don't have, you know, yes. we have less than 50% of Americans being able to do this. How many people yeah. not like, take up a new hobby all of a sudden in their life and really be consistent yeah. with it for the long term? But yes. when we talk about movement, it doesn't require a new, whole new thing, a whole new hobby in your life. Because, like you said it's already a part of life. It's just a matter of being thoughtful about it, kind of enhancing it in little ways, little tweaks here and there, and realizing that what you're doing, you know, some people are already doing this great amount of good for their body. They just don't realize it.
1: I love what you're sharing there. And just to um, jump here to our next question before we run out of time is, I would just love to get your thoughts on walking as a, an amazing exercise.
0: So, walking is the quintessential human movement. It's our bodies are designed to do it. When you look at the human body, it's designed to do it. You know, kids do it without being taught. You you have to teach a child how to do a lot of forms of activity, you know, whether it's play a sport or even swim or ride a bike. You have to teach them. It takes yeah. concerted effort. But walking is innate to being a human. Hmm. And we should take notice of that. And what walking does, I mean, we could talk for a long, long time about this. I have a whole 45 minute class that I I do on this topic. Uh, Walking works. First off, it works hundreds of muscles. So you want a whole body workout. Walking is that walking Mm -hmm. is the most practical thing to do. You don't have to Mm -hmm. wear special exercise attire. Let's say you're a traveling salesperson. You can walk in the middle of your day. You can walk before, yes. afterwards. You don't have to take a shower afterwards. You don't have mm-hmm. to go to a special place for it. You, know, you can walk throughout the airport. You can walk in the hotel. You can walk throughout mm-hmm. your house. I mean, it's immensely practical. Yes. Um, the health benefits are very profound. Uh, huh. the, I'll share one example. There's something called the National Weight Control Registry. It's the largest weight loss study, research study in history, and it's done on a Brown University. Over 5,000 people are in the study, and the average participant has lost 30 pounds and kept off that weight for at least a year. Wow. And they, they do extensive surveying of these, these people in the, the research study, and what they've asked them is, one of the questions is, what, if any, forms of exercise do you do? Now, the typical person might think, you know, based on, you know, our society, oh, they must be working out all the time. I bet they're doing like boot camp classes every morning, running marathons. Yes. Well, they're walking. By Uh. far, the most common exercise is walking. The stats are, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's. It's a significant percentage of these people, all they're doing is walking. The average amount of walking they do is about an hour. And that mm-hmm. includes all forms of walking throughout the day, not just like they're walking for an hour and then, you know.
1: Wow.
0: The um, so these are people who have lost a significant amount of weight and all they're doing is walking. Wow. Now, I'm not saying necessarily walking is the reason they lost a weight. I would guess it's probably related a lot more to nutrition than the walking. Uh-huh. But yeah. walking may play a role in it. Um, the point is that's if anything, what people think about in terms of exercise in our society with two thirds of people being overweight or obese, they think, well, I need to run certainly Mm -hmm. because I need to lose weight. But yet the most biggest research study we have on the topic shows a lot of these, most of these people are not running, they're walking. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there are other research studies that we could get into that really start to tweak the mind because they show, for example, there's one on type two diabetes where they showed, the people who walked versus running actually had better results with things like weight management, blood sugar control, et cetera. There's a lot more than the idea that the more high intense forms of exercise are always superior. Hmm. That idea is being questioned in a widespread manner in the world of scientific research. And I think everyday people are realizing that, you know, they're saying, Hey, I ran for all these years and now my knees hurt and I have like chronic disease and chronic illness, you know?
1: And they're realizing
0: there's there's more to it. Maybe I'm not, you know, doing wrong by doing more modest forms of physical activity.
1: Thank you so much, Zach. It's been really incredible talking with you and and just hearing the wisdom and experience you have to share is such a blessing. And we will definitely include some of your contact info in the links below. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being on this, Zach. And we'd love to have you back another time.
0: Yeah, that sounds great, Noel. Thanks so much.
1: So thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. It's been a joy to have you with us. And we will check back in next week. Bye-bye.